Why, hello there. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message, and today is January 20th, 2021. Is anything going on in your world? All right, here we go, people. Uh, Joe Biden's the president of the United States. Okay, it's okay. I know it feels weird. I know a lot of you watching this did not want this to happen. I think some people thought a Kraken was coming. Here we are. Joe Biden's the president of the United States. We're gonna go into a little bit of the inauguration stuff. We're gonna go into a little bit of the media coverage of the whole thing and and a few other things that I wanna touch on. Um, But I wanna start off with just one thought and then then a quick story about Trump and then we'll get into all that. Um, First off, my thought is, is consistent with something I've been telling you guys over the last couple of weeks which is that you know, if your whole worldview consists only of politics, you'll be wholly miserable. I, I truly believe that. And that's why on a day like today, where the result is not what I wanted it to be, right? Like you guys know about my political evolution, you know my, my belief system, you know my political positions on pretty much everything. I have a feeling, a very bad feeling that, that what Biden is gonna usher in uh, is gonna be against most of those beliefs and against most of the beliefs that the founders of America really wanted. I think we're ushering in this really twisted version of equity wrapped in social justice under the guise of tolerance that's gonna be very anti-American actually and anti-freedom and anti-liberty and anti-individual and all of those things. I accept all of those things. I'm not sitting here thrilled today, obviously. Uh, But I also don't believe that politics is the sum totality of how I view the world. And I wrote about that a bit in my book and it's one of the ideas that I've been trying to talk to you guys about over the last couple of months because the people that endlessly think about politics nonstop are the ones that are constantly hysterical, constantly wanna control you, constantly wanna tell you how to live. And I think the great challenge for those of us that are more liberty-minded, that don't wanna turn to the government for answers on everything, that want a bottom-up view of government and not a top-down view of government, our challenge is, well, if we want to sort of live and let live and get the government out of the way and you live your life and don't kill anybody and don't steal and have some basic laws and the way it was all set up, well, that's just fine. But if you have this other set of people that are ever encroaching on your rights and saying, I want more of your stuff and I want to indoctrinate people through public education and I want to do all of these things that are not in line with your views, then it puts us in a very tough position. That's something that we're going to all have to think about over the next four years. And we're going to think about it hard and we're going to have to figure out ways to counter the ever encroaching and and giant mass federal government that's just gonna be getting bigger and bigger and it's gonna be aided by big tech and aided by uh, mainstream media and the rest of it. So that's gonna be our challenge. And I just think that right now, like on a day like today, I'm not thrilled, obviously. Like I do hope that maybe everybody calms down a little bit. I hope that there's some reaching across the aisle. I hope that there's some healing. And I know we're saying a lot of those words, right? Everyone's saying those words today or the media is saying those words because they got what they wanted or the Biden folks are saying those words because they got what they wanted. But of course we know if it was the reverse, they would be saying burn it all down. They would be saying the dictator won. By the way, the dictator got in his helicopter and I think went to his hotel in Florida. 
they toppled the dictator. <laughs> He's, you know, sitting at Mar-a-Lago right now eating shrimp cocktail. They, they got rid of the evil dictator who forgot to kill a lot of people and didn't get us into any wars. Anyway, I, I just want to, uh, I wanted to say that because I know it's, it's sort of sucky at some level if, if you believe the things that, that I believe, but I think that there are, or not even if you believe the things that I believe, if you sort of ballpark, have a sense of the world that's similar to, to my sense of the world, then you're not thrilled with what's going on right now. But let's see, let's see. And America has, has had a 250 year history of like, you know, we thought things were gonna be pretty terrible and things maybe didn't turn out to be terrible. We can still fight for what we believe, I get it, with big tech. And there's like an extraordinary set of problems right now and two ideas, um, sort of socialism, communism, and, and freedom that are really intractable and, and they're getting sort of heightened by big tech and algorithms and all that. I get it, it's, it's a lot of problems, right? Like I'm even a guy with a pen saying it. So if you're, if you're a guy with a pen saying something, you know that they're telling you something that's true. And it's like, I get all that stuff, but I do think we can get, get past this. If you wanna hear any of my other thoughts on it, uh, you, can, you can join us at uh, rubenreport.locals.com where I'm sharing ideas with people and people are exchanging ideas and it's much more pleasant than most of the other social media things. Uh, let me do a quick ad for Bambi and then I will get to that Trump story I wanted to tell you about. Uh, guys, when you're running a business, HR issues can absolutely kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, the list goes on and on. And HR manager salaries aren't cheap, an average of 70,000 bucks a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, -E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance, all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day to day, all for just $99 a month. Month to month, no hidden fees, cancel any time. If you're like me, then I know you didn't start your business because you wanted to spend uh, time on HR compliance. That is absolutely true. Let Bambi help get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash Ruben right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Ruben, B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Uh, yes, so, okay, so everybody calm down, like find your community, find some like-minded people, uh, find your your faith or your church or your temple or, or all of the other stuff that politics seems to fill the hole of. And it never really fills that hole, which is why the, the political people, you can get them to almost take any position on anything. So today is a great win for democracy, but if Trump had won the election, it would be a horrible day for democracy. You just don't wanna be one of those people. It's, it's a bipolar existence, not the way I, how I wanna live. I wanna tell you just two quick things on Trump and then we're, we're gonna move on. And, and I'm gonna also try to talk a little bit less about Trump. You know, the media is gonna really need Trump still. They need him to be evil constantly and they need all of the negative stuff. Like he died for our sins. They need him to be like the negative thing that always exists. Otherwise they'd have to critique Biden and they're obviously not gonna be doing too much of that. And they also know where the clicks are. The clicks will still be Trump. Um, but I'm gonna try to talk a little bit less about Trump. And that's not to say that Trump didn't fight for a lot of the things that, that I wish would have 
stuck around. You know, even today they're getting rid of the 1776 project, which uh, was going to actually teach patriotism in school. And I was at the White House uh, in a meeting for the 1776 project. Actually, I was just I was a bystander in the meeting. I didn't get involved in any way. But I heard them talking about bringing patriotism back and a love for America back. Like nothing about racism or anything else. But Biden already got rid of that. All right, whatever. Uh, but just two quick things on Trump, because I am gonna talk about him a little bit less, but I'm gonna always talk about the ideas that I care about. Um, and, and any movement and any political party or anything else needs to be bigger than one man, obviously. Um, so two funny things on Trump. So one, um, you know, I've told you guys the story about how when David and I went to Mar-a-Lago about a year ago and we met Trump and he was very nice and didn't care about gay or blah, blah, blah. But there was another moment that I think maybe I discussed publicly once, but I can't remember. But I think it's worth just saying for just, just one last time, uh, as the media just tells you that this guy was Hitler or whatever. Um, as we were sitting at the, uh, Trump was at that point sitting at the table and Melania was sitting there. There were two other people and I was standing. And then at some point, Trump Jr. got pulled away and I had a moment, I had about three minutes with Trump alone. And I started telling him, this was just when um, Bloomberg had just either announced that he was getting into the race, seems like another lifetime ago, or he was just about to get out of the race. Uh, sorry, just about to get in, or he had just gotten in. I, I forget which one. And I said to Trump, I was like, you know, Mr. President, my, I think that Bloomberg is really just getting in because Biden's the front runner now, and they know he's gonna get all the heat, and they don't want him to get the heat because he can't deal with it on the, on the podium during the debates. So they just need Bloomberg there for a little bit of, a little while so the media can focus on him that that way they can drag Biden to the to the finish line. Now, I fully believe that that is exactly what happened. The Bloomberg campaign was a total joke. The media was obsessed with it for those two debates, remember, and everybody was attacking Bloomberg the entire time, even though Biden was the front runner. I get it, this is sort of like insider baseball politics stuff. But I, anyway, I say this to Trump, and he's like, he's like, you know, that is kind of interesting. And then he put his hand across the table and Melania's hand was on the table and he touched her hand and he said, honey, honey, what do you think about this? And then I told her what, uh, what I said. He had me repeat it to her and I, I told her. And, and then he, he looks at the, at the two of us, he kind of looks at her and looks at me. He's like, ah, he's like, that's interesting, but nah, I think it's just because uh, he hates me. Okay, so it's like, sort of like a perfect Trump story. But I tell you that not because of the story or to tell you that I think I was right about the Bloomberg thing, more so that he touched her hand and called her honey and it was just sort of a pleasant moment. And, and the reason I'm even mentioning that is because maybe all of the people in media and politics are not as big cartoonish clowns as we, we purport them to be. I think that is quite possible. Uh, and I'll, I'll do my best to, to going forward, not make them all out to be that thing. Uh, anyway, let's talk about uh, what happened today, which is the inauguration of Joe Biden. He has been sworn in. He is the president of the United States. Kamala Harris is now the vice president of the United States. Okay, there's no riots. No, nothing's exploding. Everyone seems to be okay. There were a lot of soldiers out there. DC was sort of a ghost town, but everything sort of seems to be okay. Uh, but I thought we'd start by showing this clip from CNN yesterday. This went viral on the, uh, the Twitter machine there. And uh, I think it's a sort of su a perfect summation of what we should expect for the next four years from our beloved journalists at CNN. Those lights that are, that are just shooting out from the Lincoln Memorial uh, along the reflecting pool. It, I look, it's like almost extensions of Joe Biden's arms embracing America. It was a moment where the new president came to town and sort of convened the country in this moment of remembrance, uh, outstretching his arms. 
extensions of Joe Biden's arms, hugging, embracing, fondling America. Can you feel the love? Oh God, I mean, that is, I just thought that clip, there's a gajillion of those. Trust me, I could show you a gajillion. That's a lot, that's a big number of those type of clips of just these slobbering people. And it's like, all right, that's the way we're gonna do this. The lights across the pond, he's hugging us and lifting our butts and patting us on the head, sniffing our hair. It's just, it's just so sad and pathetic, but we are gonna have to get used to that. And as I said, that's sort of why they will also need Trump. They will need Trump because no matter what happens in the next couple of years, when we go back to wars or whatever it might be, they're gonna have to say, well, it was because Trump did this, that, or the other thing. So they need him to be the perpetual bad guy in the script, right? He doesn't just get written out of the script now. He's now just the, the perpetual bad guy that they can always aim the fire at. And, and we're just gonna see a lot we're gonna see so much more of this, it's nauseating. Um, anyway, uh, Biden was inaugurated. We've got a couple a couple images from uh, what's going on. Uh, there was the Capitol lawn, um, you know, not a lot of people there, I get it, social distancing, the pandemic, although nobody's talking about the pandemic anymore. Although uh, my governor here in California, the great Gavin Newsom tweeted out that today he feels patriotic which is sort of interesting thing for him to say. So for the last four years, I guess, because he didn't like the president, he wasn't patriotic when he was eating those fancy meals at French Laundry, but he's patriotic today. Uh, still though, keeping us in lockdown, it's 75 and sunny outside. I can't have a cup of coffee with a friend outside or I'll be uh, you know, dragged away. Um, but any, in any event, that has nothing to do with the inauguration per se. Uh, but yeah, so we've got some photos here. Uh, that's the, that's the, God, it's depressing. What else do we got? I think we've got uh, Joe being sworn in. Oh, oh, there's Lady Gaga. Goo goo for Gaga. Gaga, I mean, the funny thing to me about Gaga, putting aside, I mean, Lady, he's up on the fillers, um, is that she sort of was this like born this way monster different. Her whole thing was about you being you, be different. And all she really wanted to do at the end was just like, suck up to power, like just be one of the things in the machine. Anyway, I, I don't particularly care about the Gaga, but she sang over there, very nice. She's just one of us. There's Joe Biden being sworn in and that went off without a hitch, so that's good. What else do we got here? I think we've got some others. Uh, yeah, there's Joe. Do we have anything with Kamala? Do we have Kamala? We don't have a Kamala. Kamala was smiling a lot. Um, yeah, she, uh, oh, and then of course, uh, the other issue today is that this is very exciting. The national anthem is back, baby, okay? Uh, everybody, they sang the national anthem, they played the national anthem, everybody stood, nobody, nobody got on their knees, nobody got in trouble. We could be proud about America again. We, we, it was a shameful place yesterday and for the four years before, but totally good now, and uh, it's, a, it's a very exciting time. Um, Already what we're seeing obviously is, uh, is Biden is reversing a lot of Trump's executive actions. He's doing a bunch of his executive actions. First day in office, they always do a lot of stuff first day in office. Um, you know, on the executive action front, this is exactly what I've always said. You can literally find videos of me five years ago when I was a progressive saying the same thing, that the true danger of executive actions is the more that we let the executive branch, the president, who's just so supposed to sort of set the table and sign laws into existence, not write laws. The more that we give that branch the power to write laws, well then what we're gonna be in is in this perpetual state of four years of this, four years of the reverse, four years of this, four years of the reverse. And we'll just do that back and forth. So Trump 
did a lot via executive action. I think a little less than Obama, but somebody can fact check me on that. Um, can we can we check that executive actions of the last like four or five presidents? Let's just, let's just see. Um, but the idea that presidents do so much by executive action is, is very dangerous. And by the way, at some level you can't blame them because Congress is so corroded and, and stiff and, and calcified and nothing good really can come of it and these people are not really working for us, they're just, they're just working so that they can become lobbyists later and everything else. Uh, all right, we're gonna get some numbers on the, uh, on the executive actions in a sec. But in any event, what you don't want is the guy that's in charge to just do what he wants through the stroke of a pen so it can be reversed by the next guy. Like that, that's not a good way to govern and, and it's a deeply dangerous way to govern actually. Uh, okay, so I got some numbers here. So Bill Clinton did 364 executive actions. Uh, George W. Bush did 291, so a little bit less. Obama did 276, a little bit less, and, and Trump actually did the least, 218. Now, I suspect it'll be interesting to see what Biden will be able to do because you know he's got more power now because of what's going on in, in the Congress and Senate. We'll see if he's able to just push more stuff through legislatively, or they just won't care and they'll just be like, all right, just do with the stroke of a pen. And, and one of the things that I am worried about is for those of us that actually believe our founding documents are good and, and that the constitution is good and the bill of rights and the separation of powers, it's like, do these things, and this is something that Michael Malice said to me a couple weeks ago when we did that panel show, it's like, these things exist, right? Like they exist and a certain amount of people believe in them. But if the people that are in charge or the powers that be don't believe in them, then, then what what use are they really beyond the, the paper that they're written on? Like what, they, they have to be living, meaning we're exercising the, the words that are written on the paper, not living in that we can just change them as we see fit. Um, so it's gonna be a little dangerous uh, going forward. We'll see how much they do on that front. But as I said, Joe Biden is president. I don't want an insurrection. I don't want violence. I will keep telling you what I think, although, to get to the third story of the day, uh, it might be a little more difficult to tell you guys uh, what I think and what any sort of contrarian opinion is because you can feel right now a major move, obviously big tech's banning a whole bunch of people. I just saw before I got on here that there seems to be another Twitter purge of some fairly big accounts today. That's obviously not surprising at all and everyone's just gonna complain about it and, and not do anything about it. And our, our congressmen, they, you know, they can have some meetings every now and again and you know they can get on C-SPAN for, you Jack, you're a bad, bad man there. And it's like, okay, well, you didn't do it anything about it, so whatever, it is what it is. But you can really feel a narrative being, being written right now, being scripted right in front of our eyes, that everyone conservative, it's not just, oh, like they've tried to turn the Trump people, they went from Nazis to now they're insurrectionists and terrorists and no-fly lists, but now they're gonna have to keep widening that uh, to conservatives, right? Uh, conservatives or basically anyone not woke, which is why for years, I've been saying that it's all of us versus the wokesters. That, that's all it is. And I don't even think there's that many of them. They've just, they've usurped a tremendous amount of institutional power. It's just, it's actually quite incredible and should be studied one day. And you have to sort of admire its elegance and its evil. Um, but you will see a big push to cancel anyone that is not woke. Uh, and here's a video uh, from CNN. This is former Facebook insider, Alex Stamos, talking about what should happen to conservative media. We have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences. There are, are people on YouTube, for example, that have a larger, daytime, a larger audience than daytime CNN, and they are extremely radical and pushing extremely 
uh, radical views. And so it's up to the Facebooks and YouTubes in particular to think about whether or not they want to be effectively cable networks for disinformation. And then we're going to have to figure out the OANN and Newsmax problem. You know, that these companies have freedom of speech, but I'm not sure yes. we need Verizon, AT&T, Comcast and such to be bringing them into tens of millions of homes. Um, I, I, this is, you know, allowing people to seek out information if they really want to, but not pushing it into their faces, I think is where we're going to have to go here. Oh, the old, they have freedom of speech, but line. Yes. So you, you think that maybe this guy who's a, a former Facebook guy, you think that maybe Facebook was possibly, I, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I want to get banned from YouTube. But do you think that maybe they might've manipulated some information over the last couple of years? You think that that's remotely possible to stop the Nazis and Hitler? You think they might've done that? They might've done that, yeah. Uh, but you can see what's happening here. They will try to craft a narrative so that AT&T, the other cable providers, so that they'll drop channels like OANN or Newsmax or whatever it might be. It does not matter what they're saying on those channels, as long as they're not you know, fermenting violence, you know, direct calls to violence or, or breaking the laws of the United States. They're allowed to have counter opinions. They're allowed to have political thought that is, that is different than mainstream political thought. And the irony that, that somehow those dangerous right-wing ones are the only ones fermenting anything. While we watch CNN and MSNBC for the last couple of years literally encourage violence. Chris Cuomo talking about nowhere in the constitution does it say protest has to be peaceful or Don Lemon calling half of America white supremacists or Ali Velshi on MSNBC telling us that these protests are mostly peaceful while there's buildings exploding behind him. You've all seen the videos, right? You've all seen the videos. So it's like they've, they've fermented this stuff. They've poured gasoline on this fire. Uh, and now they want to make sure that networks are taken off cable TV. And of course, the one that, that sounded uh, particularly poignant to a guy like me is that he's saying that there are YouTube channels that get more views than daytime CNN. Now, now first off, he also then implies that these are, these are radical extremist channels or whatever. I'm not really sure what channels he's talking about really, um, but there are people that are getting more views that are doing something remotely close to the news, which I would assume includes a guy like me, probably includes uh, a guy like Tim Pool, and there are, there are lefty versions and everything else. But what they're really saying is we don't want competition. That's all he's really saying. It's like, for all the times that I joke about CNN, and, and CNN is a, a terrible news organization with all Democrats who are on air pretending to be nonpartisan, right? Wolf Blitzer, obviously a Democrat. Jim Acosta, obviously a Democrat. Jake Tapper, obviously a Democrat. Brian Stelter, obviously a Democrat. Like Don Lemon, obviously a Democrat. Uh, Chris Cuomo, obviously a Democrat. Like, we all know it, okay? We all know it, right? Curtain, man, hello. Um, we all get it, we all get it. Uh, but I can make fun of them all the time and tell you what a terrible job they do. And that, that is the truth, right? That is what I have come to believe, but I'm not calling for any them to be kicked off cable despite spreading misinformation and being partisan hacks. They, they can go ahead and do that. And when I started this show, I said this thing about, you know, for those of us that want to sort of live our lives privately and care about our families and local community, that the problem is, we're gonna have this ever encroaching movement of people who wanna control the way our lives are. This is a perfect example of that. It's like, well, wait a minute. I just wanna do what I do here, put it out on YouTube. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, don't watch. Zippity dippity, right? Nice and easy. 
But if there's going to be a movement by Facebook officials to go on CNN to pin everyone that disagrees with them as radical and, and an extremist or an insurrectionist or something like that so that they can get us booted off cable channels or get servers blown up or get us kicked off YouTube, well, then we, we got a real problem. And that's what these people are telling us. Uh, and I would also like to say, and I'm gonna give props to, to the two guys sitting in this room right now, not that I would dare have people in my house due to the orders of Commandant Newsom, uh, but my, my producer, Michael, and my director, Connor, uh, that's, that's all we got for this show. The three of us sit for a few minutes in the morning, we discuss what we're gonna do and we do it. And that is what they're really afraid of. They're afraid that a slim, trim, profitable operation that's totally independent can actually affect things and change things and clean things up and not make people hysterical. And I'm super proud of that and I'm gonna keep doing it. Now I'm feeling good. I was a little, I was a little somber at the beginning of this. I'm feeling real good. Uh, all right, guys, I'm on like a gajillion television shows today that I assume are on networks that maybe will be on the air by the time I get there. Uh, and if you want to talk to me directly, we really, I know I keep saying it, but we've got something so cool happening uh, at the Ruben Report Locals community. Like we're cleaning up social media. It's different. I promise it's worth it. RubenReport.locals.com. Oh, and this Friday we're doing, we're back to doing the panel shows on Friday. And what I thought we would do to mix it up is we're trying to get three people that were at least loosely affiliated with the Trump thing to, to sort of figure out, okay, well, what happens to the, to the movement now, sort of the America first movement right now. So uh, we have Sean Spicer on, we have Seb Gorka, and we're working, can I mention who we're working on? No, I can't mention who we're working on. We're working on one more, stay tuned for that. Uh, and I'm on Sean Spicer's show today, uh, so you can check that out on Newsmax, assuming that Facebook guy hasn't you know, <laughs> ensured that they've been kicked off cable. I'm on Eric Bowling's show, I think in about an hour, and I'm on Glenn Beck a little bit later today, and I think maybe I'm gonna walk the dog. So uh, have a great day, everybody. It's all gonna be okay. God bless you, and God bless America.